Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the F1 Ramble. Formula 1 is back and we're in France at the Paul Ricard circuit. Start of a triple header. We're so excited. There is so much to ramble about. This is Alex Antiago. Three, two, one, clap. And I will start. Okay, cool. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the F1 Ramble. Coming to you slightly later than usual this week. Um, I've been pretty busy with work. I know Alex has been pretty busy with work. The Euros have been on. Uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy old week. But having said that, the, uh, the French GP is uh, just around the corner. Uh, obviously this weekend the first of a triple header so we're going to preview that give our takes on some of the backlash of the uh, of the Pirelli tyre investigation after the Baku Grand Prix uh, and probably anything else we decide to uh, to ramble on about yeah um Alex talk to me how excited are you to to have the F1 back on our screens after after that little weekend we had off I'm super excited I hate not having the Grand Prix on a weekend absolutely drives me insane that's why I loved um covid Last last year because it felt like Formula One was on nearly every week, um, so yeah, having a, a triple header is is right up my street. Absolutely fantastic. Um, excited for the French Grand Prix. So it's a track that allows for overtaking, but it's hard to tell whether you're going to have an exciting race or a boring race. Yeah, it's it's one of those tracks. I think the French Grand Prix, like it looks beautiful, like with um, with all the different um, the red and blue paint. Um, which acts as like a sort of like gravel, um, but at the same time it doesn't punish any of the drivers. No. So the the amount of times you can like essentially go off track and it's not really going to bite you. And I think if if we go back, all the best races it's when like the drivers when they make a mistake that the track bites back. Whether it's one of the street circuits or or, or whether it's one of those uh, sort of older school circuits where there's quite a lot of gravel. Yeah, and you know if you if you go off the racing line for a bit, that's it. You're you're in real trouble. I think somewhere like uh, the French Grand Prix, or, or the uh, or the Paul Ricard circuit, it doesn't really matter if you go. No, you know, if if you go for a move and it doesn't come off because you can just rejoin the track with, with yeah, with very very um very little issues. Yeah, I I was watching some some clips on Sky Sports this week as well because obviously they run a load of previews or not previews like uh, replays of of previous races at the Paul Ricard. And I can't remember, I think it might have been the last one, uh, Sebastian Vettel clipped Valtteri Bottas on the on the first lap, I think it was. And Max Verstappen was behind both of them. But because of the the fact there is no sort of like gravel traps or anything like that, he he just went around them going off the track and picked up second place. It was just yeah. and and there was no there was no penalty for him or anything. So yeah, it's one of it's one of those tracks where, like you said, drivers aren't really punished for going off track. Yeah, like it's it's great for testing because you've got you know a million and one different configurations you can do of that track, um, create loads of different you know types of corners, high speed, low speed. You can have a big straight. There's yeah, there's a, there's a ton of things you can do, um, but for the race, it, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really bite back. And and the thing is as well, the the straight that they have, they've got that chicane in the middle. Yeah, because it. it 
technically would be like un well they reckon it's unsafe to go into um, after that straight to go into that in that uh, high speed bend at the speeds you would go if there wasn't a chicane mm. but because there's a chicane there it makes overtaking a little bit more difficult as well yeah so it it's one of those it's one of those tracks it's you know if you could change a couple of little things it'd be it'd be really good produce some fantastic racing but unfortunately i think it's it's one of those new era modern tracks which great to look at beautiful all different types of corners but actually they probably don't make for the most the most amazing race no no didn't daniel ricardo get penalized for going uh off track on, a, on an overtake down that straight as well yeah it was like the second part of the straight i think he it didn't was, he go on the grass free... to get around someone or something <laughs> yeah it was a um there's three cars involved with that. I think yeah. it was Ricardo, Kimi Raikkonen, and and someone else. Yeah, but yeah. Ricardo, Ricardo got pushed off off track, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I will just go off track." Yeah, and he just overtook, but on the grass that was, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, was it, I think was so. it grass? Well, it was yeah. definitely off track, I, and yeah, I remember him getting penalised for it. Um, what, who who do you think is going to be sort of scrapping it out at the front this weekend? Well, obviously Red Bull and um, and Mercedes. It'd be good to see if if Mercedes are back in in a track like uh, like Paul Ricard because obviously the street circuits haven't really been the best the best tracks for them. They struggled in Monaco. They've really struggled in in Baku. Um, yeah, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see if they go back to uh, their normal selves or whether or not actually it's not the track. It's it's just the car isn't there at the moment, um, was, which would be would be quite strange because the car was there at the beginning of the season. It'd yeah, be quite strange if they've if they've lost it. Well, I was reading I was reading an article about that and saying how the Red Bull was more suited to Monaco and Baku because of how it was able to get the heat into the front tires yeah. in comparison to the Mercedes and and how they it's expected that Mercedes would be the dominant car at Paul Ricard because of their performance in, in Barcelona and how it's not so dependent on getting the front tires um, warmed up as it is the longevity of the tire of the uh, tire wear and, and how it treats the, the rear tires. So on, on, on that premise, I think Perez could be in with a, a shout of a, potentially a race win or a podium because of how he's able to look after his rear tires so well. Um, but I don't think Mercedes will be able to pull off the same kind of tactic they did in Barcelona with the Hamilton pit stop and, and catching Verstappen um, because I think Perez is going to be there to, to stop that option being available. Yeah, I think that's um, it's, it's such a big thing and we, we do touch on this quite often. But look, Hamilton and Verstappen, they're in their own little league. Yeah. And then... If either Bottas or Perez aren't having you know a good race and they can't keep up with those guys, let's say Bottas can't keep up, Mercedes have got you know massive disadvantage. Yeah. If it's the other round, Red Bull have got that disadvantage. Mm. So it, it'll be good to see if, if firstly if Perez can can build on his win in uh, in, in Baku, um, and it'll be good to see as well whether whether Bottas can can bounce back because he was nowhere. Um, a couple of weeks back, and, and I know you wanna you wanna touch on some of the some rumors that you've you've heard over the um, over the week we've had off about 
you know, sort of Russell being in that seat sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, and, and Bottas does need to, uh, he does need to, to bounce back because the season, you know, we're, what, a third of, all, of the way there, roughly at the moment? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden, if you, if one of the guys isn't performing, you're going to lose a lot of, um, a lot of ground. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. And, and Mercedes um, are going to want to keep up their championship momentum. They want to keep on setting records. And at the moment, Bottas isn't isn't there to help them maintain the the constructors' championship. Um, exactly. And they they yeah. need to they need to fix that issue as soon as possible. Whether that means doing something to help Bottas get extract more out of the car or feel more happy and comfortable in the car, um, or swapping him out for George Russell. It's, they've yeah, got to do something to, to, to get that second car helping Hamilton more. That's exactly what I was alluding to because if that second car isn't there, you're losing the championship and you're not helping the driver who's fighting for the driver's championship. Mm. Um, and, and I think look, normally Toto wouldn't really care because you know Mercedes would be in a league of their own. Yeah, But that's not the case this year. No. You know, Red, Bull, Red Bull are arguably the, the faster car at the moment. Yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see whether or not it was mainly because of the street circuit, but if they're not there, they're uh, they're right next to them mm. or just behind, and the pressure is there, and I think Toto will probably have to be more ruthless. I think there is this idea that that Toto can be a ruthless character, etc. But we've not really seen it happen. Yeah, but he's not really been in a position where he's had to be ruthless. No, he's 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 coming. He's got a team where they're on top, and they've. The only challenges they've had driver-wise have been inside the team, and and the only challenge was um, Nico Rosberg and Hamilton. Those were the only two drivers where, for Toto Wolff, it was a challenge to manage them because of the competitive nature between the two of them, and how they were scrapping for the title. But Belgium even then, Bottas, one of them was going to win it. Yeah, one of them and was going to win the, They were going to win the um, the constructors. But, so even then, the thing it's... is, Valtteri Bottas hasn't challenged Hamilton for a championship since he's been there Hamilton's comfortably won the world championship all the time he's had Valtteri Bottas as his as his teammate and um, I, I remember seeing Valtteri uh, not Valtteri Bottas Toto Wolff saying how he was in an interview and if he had to have picked two drivers he wouldn't have picked Hamilton and Rosberg it was just those were the drivers he inherited yeah because of and, the personality type exactly whereas I think in Valtteri Bottas and Hamilton he's got the pairing that he would prefer and but and which allows him to do what we've seen in the past where yeah. you know Bottas had to act as a, as a wingman yeah and and that dynamic is good but now he's arguably not even acting as a good wingman no so he, he's not doing you know the I guess the dog work the leg work that you'd want someone like him to do and mm. all of a sudden yeah he might be losing his seat and what's quite important with this as well is how good the relationship between Mercedes and Williams is the fact that obviously Russell's there who is a Mercedes driver the fact yeah. that there was that swap last year yep. um, the fact that they supply their engines I think they're gearbox too now mm-hmm. there's both English teams there's a lot of um, yeah a lot of I guess goodwill between the two teams a lot of uh, a good relationship Bottas has been at Williams before that switch as complicated as switching a driver mid-season is that is one of the easiest switches you can expect. Yeah, I mean, Bottas of, won't be happy about it. 
but I don't think he's going to have much say in it. He, where else no, I mean, can he I go? Mean, I mean, legit, um, easy in terms of logistics. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, again, uh, uh, Russell's already technically like a, a Mercedes driver. It would just be so easy yeah. for them two to to swap seats. Um, you know, if we were talking about, I don't know, just as an example, like Carlos Sainz going to that seat. You know, you're looking at a totally different conversation. Mm. What's the relationship with with Ferrari and Mercedes like? You know, Signs isn't in the Mercedes program. He's never been in the Mercedes program. It doesn't know anyone that. T- loads of things. Oh, but the cost. The Ru- cost would be different as well. They'd have to buy yeah. out the rest of his contract. Exactly. But something like Russell to Mercedes, it, it just it just makes sense. And because of all the all these little things I've been talking about, it makes it more likely that it could happen throughout throughout the season and and we've mentioned it before Russell Russell has shown that he can jump into the Mercedes and be up to pace from the get-go He'll, albeit in the wrong setup as well having to wear a size smaller shoes so he can fit into Lewis Hamilton's car um, he was still able to outperform Bottas that, that weekend that he he jumped into Lewis's car so it shows that he can get up to speed pretty quickly and we mentioned it before Toto Wolf would probably say something to him like look You've got half of the season left, or three quarters of the season. You're not going to be in for the championship. It's, it's it's obvious. So, for the rest of this season, be the number two for Lewis, and then next year you can challenge. Just get the experience of working with Lewis, and then next year you can challenge for the title. I think, and I think that would be perfect for both the constructors and the drivers' championship for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton this year. Yeah, I think. Um... Russell obviously showed what he can, what he can do. Um, uh, was it the Sakir Grand Prix? Yeah, it was the yeah. Sakir Grand Prix last year. It was like year. it was the it was the outer circuit one, wasn't it? It was. Uh... Yeah, and do you know what? It took me a little while to to get accustomed, I think, to the car like, properly because if I if I remember correctly, Bottas got pole. Yep. Um, I think during free practice, George Russell was just getting acclimatized to the car, but when it came to the race, he was an animal. It well, was insane. George Russell, he still qualified P two. Yeah. So he qualified P2. He wasn't, I think he was only like a tenth off of Bottas anyway. And then he'd done Bottas into the first corner and then just commanded the race from there. And then the fact that he had to overtake him again. Yeah. He got past him got, twice. Yeah. And when he when he overtook him the second time, it was just... I think he overtook him in a place where you can't really overtake. Yeah. Like, and he just he just sent it, just went for it. And it, it was quite embarrassing for Bottas. Yeah, especially you know, as like, Bottas is so hesitant. When when he goes past, it, it takes so long for him to get past anyone. Whereas George Russell was like, well, job done. I see the gap, gone for it, done. See you later, mate. Yeah, we, we were speak, speaking about the uh, the it factor and, and Bottas not having it. I always go back to, um, it feels like a long time now, but when, uh, when well, we've gone back to Bahrain actually beginning, beginning at the beginning of the season, but... Um, it was, I think, 2017 or 2018 where Vettel was leading the race and he had the medium tyres and they were like really quite old mm. and Bottas was closing in on him, closing in on him, closing in on him. And then the last lap, he had an opportunity to just send it on the inside and he he looked and he, like, he bottled it. Mm. And then all the other drivers, I think Ricardo was like, I would have gone for it. You know, it was there for the taking. Yeah. And it's just, that inability to to really produce when it matters, yeah. That I think you know really hinders him because, and again, we sound like broken records here because we've said this a million times. Valtteri Bottas on his day, 
great qualifier and can have a really good race, especially sometimes when he's in the lead. You know, he can really yeah. He can he can have a Lewis Hamilton like weekend. Yeah. But it's just the inconsistency, and I think the inability to do it when it matters because he's under so much pressure because he isn't producing. Everyone's talking about it. It's no it's no secret that Bottas isn't as good as, as Lewis Hamilton or isn't taking the fight to Lewis Hamilton. And there are times where it's like, right, he's got to produce this weekend. He's had an awful weekend last week. He's got all the pressure on him and he still doesn't do it. And then that's just going to build up on his mind and it's going to hit his confidence and he's going to be further away from being the driver he needs to be every time he takes a knock to his confidence. Yeah, so, I, I can't see any other drivers in the top teams Say like the top four teams, Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. I can't see any drivers currently in those cars that that would... So Bottas has got nine wins in five years. I, I think any of those drivers in the top four cars would have more than nine wins in, in five years in that Mercedes against Lewis yeah, Hamilton. Paris has had two wins in sort of a, a radically short period of time yeah when was the last time that Bottas has, has had two I don't even how far back do you have to go yeah I, I can't really did remember did he win two races time. last year but it was, if he did it was at the beginning of the season wasn't it that is you know it's, it's crazy he's just yeah he's just not producing no I think it's it, he's got inside his head somehow and he's just yeah. he's just not he's, he's just a a shell of his former self I'll be um I'll be really excited to see as well whether or not Paris can not just be a supporting act to Verstappen, but whether or not he can also actually join in that fight. Because he did say mm. he's gonna need five races to get up to scratch. Yep. He he's qualifying in in Baku wasn't fantastic if I remember no, correctly. I think it was like sixth. Yeah, he didn't yeah, he didn't yeah. That's that's was, what's letting him down at the moment. His race pace is fantastic. His race pace was so good. He was quicker. It's qu- yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing is, all season, Perez has shown great race pace. Yeah, he was second. He won the. He was second while Verstappen was in the race. He picked up the scraps. He, you know, he won it. He was there when when the team needed him. And if he can replicate that same type of um, of race, that consistency, he can he can well join that fight. I'm not saying he's going to be fighting for the championship. No, but, but he's going to make he's going to make the other two drivers think about. Them things exactly and i think you know I, I think we are i was just saying we're, we're i guess with with um mercedes conversation i was saying that the, the season is we're further the way there um and i've sort of gone glass half empty but with someone like paris he's still got two thirds of the season to go he's just won a race he's got that confidence if imagine he wins another race mm. imagine he wins paul ricard he's gonna think i can win the championship yeah and then red bull might have a problem in their hands yeah because, yeah, you, you know, you, you never know. But the fact he's he's won it is going to do wonders for his confidence. Absolutely. Good, yeah, I'll be really, really excited, really interested to see where he's going to be, um, where he's going to be this weekend. I w- I'm quite interested to see where McLaren come out this this weekend. Um, and Ferrari. Well, that's that's the that's the thing because uh, Monaco and and Baku, the Ferrari was the stronger car, and I just want to see. Whether now that um, the circuit's changing, whether Ferrari will sort of drop back a little bit behind McLaren and McLaren come back, 
and then you, you could see Lando Norris and shout with another podium or hopefully Daniel Ricciardo. I'd like to see Daniel Ricciardo up in the mix a little bit more. Do you think the reason why, and this is a, a question I've been sort of asking, um, I think you have asked you a couple of times over the last few weeks, is the Red Bull, is the Ferrari pace, sorry, regard, like good because of the circuit? Was it like Red Bull, they were able to get heat in their front tyres? You know, was McLaren not keeping up with uh, with Ferrari because maybe they suffer from the same problems as Mercedes do? Possibly. It's, it, it's so hard right now because until we have like a, a good, you know, unless we've had like, until we have like 10 different races, we can start to see, okay, this car isn't good in that type of track or yeah. this car isn't good in that type of track. I still think it's really early days. And because we've gone from street street track to street track, you don't even know if uh, Ferrari have genuinely made progress or whether it's street track specific. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, very uh, difficult to tell. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say... I was reading an article on Daniel Ricciardo. Um, ba- basically, he, he was saying that it's not sort of settling into the team that's an issue. He, cause, because when he came over to McLaren, he, set, he, he settled very quickly. The, the team went through his radio messages with Renault. Um, they, they, they built that relationship quite quickly, and he's settled into the team. He's just saying that the car is really difficult to drive. And even Lando Norris has said it's, it's very different to last year's car. Um, and There's a new power unit on the back of that as well. Yeah, new, yeah, new rear end. Um, so for, for Daniel Ricciardo... He's, he was saying how he's not bothered. This, this season he's not bothered. Because there was a question asked of him by Lawrence Barreto. And it was like, are you discouraged that you're not performing as well as your teammate? He's like, no, if anything, I'm in- encouraged by it because it shows the potential of the car. I've just, yeah. got, I've just got to work out how I can extract that potential. Um, so I like, I like Daniel Ricciardo's attitude. And I, I don't think it will be long before he cracks it and we're really going to see him in the same mix as as uh, Lando Norris is finding himself in yeah I like I like that too I, I like the fact that he's able to I guess to have that clarity in his mind of okay it's not the end or be all well, they're not fighting for a championship anyway and that's no. really what what he's in it for but it's interesting to see how Paris has been able to to sort of grab grab hold of of that Red Bull, yeah, and Carlos Sainz with his Ferrari, uh, yes, exactly. Those those two guys have had much better adaptations. Yeah. So this well, is even Vettel as well. To be fair, yeah, and, uh, and Vettel now. I think with Vettel there isn't enough, uh, I guess, data. You know, he's had two two decent decent races. Um, yeah, it's just there. There has to be a question asked of Ricardo because. Mm. He took a long time to get adapted to that Renault. It took him and, a season, really. And they were they were developing the car to him. Mm. They they were developing the car to Daniel Ricciardo's driving style because he was, you know, the guy. He was Mister Renault at the time. Mm. They were building that team around him. They were expecting to have him for many years to come. This was going to be his car. And. He wasn't the driver that we hoped he was going to be when the car wasn't suited to him. Now you've got, you know, Orlando Norris, which might have a different driving style, might be pushing the team to, to develop the car in a certain way. Is Daniel Ricciardo going to be able to, to adapt and, and actually be the, the Daniel Ricciardo we, we all know? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Well, but the thing with Daniel Ricciardo was saying he's he he personally isn't worried about this season. He said, look, at the end of the day, our car isn't going to be challenging for the championship anyway. So, am I worried about finishing fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth? Well, ultimately, it's nice no. to finish as high as you can, but I'm not really bothered. So, he just wants to make sure he's adapted to the car and that he's in tip-top form for the next season. Because who knows? McLaren might have a championship-contending car next year. It's a completely new set of rules, completely new cars. So, who knows? He just wants to make sure that he's as settled as possible in that car, so he's ready to extract the best out of it next year. Yeah, but I think the question still needs to be asked: Why have two drivers been able to do it, and he hasn't? Well, I mean, Perez—it's taken Perez a few races. Um, it might take that. Like, who knows? French Grand Prix—that could be the tur- this could be the turning point for Daniel Ricciardo. But yeah, but let me if, let me just build on build on on that statement, right? He took a while, like I was saying, at Renault as well. But then they yeah. developed the car towards him. Mm. Okay. And then he, he got on top of that car. What about if, if McLaren don't do that? Has he shown that he can, you know, that, that he can actually change his driving style, adapt it? Has he shown that? Because I don't think he has. At, at Renault, they literally made the car the way Daniel Ricciardo wanted it to, wanted it to, to drive. Mm. And I don't think McLaren are going to do that. And if I think he needs to look at this season in terms of like adapting his driving style as opposed to hoping that the the car is gonna change and it's gonna be more more like what you know what he likes. Because I don't yeah, think I think do I think that. I think he will. I think he he will make. I think he realizes look, McLaren aren't gonna change anything whilst Lando Norris is putting the car where he's putting it. As far as McLaren are concerned as a team, it's like well. Lando can do it, and you've got seven race wins. He hasn't. Yeah. So you should be able to, to, to drive this car. So McLaren know they've got a decent car, so why would they change it? I think Daniel Ricciardo knows that he's got to change And he, that's all he talks about. He's, he's constantly saying, look, I'm looking at ways that I can adapt my driving style to, to suit this car. And like he said, he's at one with the team. He's got a great relationship with the team already. So settling into the team isn't the problem and I think we can't take away from the fact that although these guys are the top 20 drivers in the world sorry top 19 drivers because or maybe 18 because you've got Latifi and Mazepan um, they still need time to adapt to things for example having the practice sessions cut down by half an hour um, only one and a half days pre-season testing in your car that would have made a massive difference and I think one thing that Ferrari were able to do, which was fantastic for Carlos Sainz, was getting in some running time in a previous... Was it the 2018 spec Ferrari he got run time in? I think so, so, yeah. So he was able to adapt. To, OK, it's not the same car, but there's going to be similar features on, on that car. So that was a major help for Carlos Sainz. But the, the other drivers like Ricardo, Vettel, um, Perez wouldn't have had those kinds of opportunities. So... That that's why it's probably taking them a little bit longer than Carlos Sainz to settle, um, and maybe with the car being so different, that's what Ricardo needed. Because even Carlos Sainz said to him, like, "How are you finding it? It's it's difficult, right?" Even Carlos Sainz knew it was a difficult car to drive. Yeah, but I think the power unit is quite important as well. Yeah, um, and maybe 
yeah, they all had changed power units. Mm. Um, you know, Paris has never driven a Honda. Yep. Vettel with a with a Mercedes and signs with the uh, Ferrari. Signs with the Ferrari. So, like, I think it's the same. It's the same for for all of them. Um, yeah. Look, obviously we'll have to wait and see um, what happens next season. But I do agree. Like for them, they're pretty much chalked off this year from a Ricardo yeah. perspective. They'll want to get as many points as they can. They'll want to increase their price mon- prize money as much as they can. Mm. But at the same time, I don't think you know Ricardo's under any pressure. But it'll be good to to see him get get back to uh, to the level we know he can. Um, yeah, I think ev- everyone's nobody's nobody's going to be asking questions of Daniel Ricardo this season. Um, next season, if the performance is continue as they are, then questions will be asked. But this season, no, I don't think anybody cares. Alex, mon frère, what are your predictions for the uh, for the French Grand Prix? And let's let's try and actually get yeah. one right. I'm not going to be as outlandish as I have been. Um, pole position. Have you got your notepad, or do you want me to record this? Uh, no, I'm going to write it on my iPad and then okay. forget that I've written it on my iPad. Okay, I remember. You. We've got we've got it on record that you've put it on your iPad. So. Um, Pole position, I'm going with Lewis. Yeah, so Lewis on pole. Yep. Um, And I'm going for the finish. Lewis, Max, Perez, Bottas, Leclerc. Wow. This is... This is good because... If that's the case, it's going to mean it was likely a pretty boring race. Yeah. However, because our predictions are so bad, maybe we've just we've just essentially jinxed it into being a good race. Possibly. I mean, Hamilton and Verstappen came away with nothing at Baku. Exactly. And we had them up there, so... Exactly, so... I'm going to go for, I'm trying to think, I'm going to go for Lewis Pohl, because I don't know if you've realised, Max Verstappen is great at putting laps together, but I actually don't think he's able to, to get that final, you know, that final lap in. Yeah, like a really I know what you clean, mean. Because the two times with um, where there's been the red flag, you know, he was in the race for, for pole. But, you know, when the pressure got to him, he made a mistake in his first lap and then he had to do it in the second lap. And I just, I actually don't think he's as clinical as Hamilton. Yeah, whereas Lewis, so, Lewis can do a pole-worthy lap on the first stint and then better it on the second. Exactly. So I think, I think Max just needs to improve that part of his game a little bit. He's still, he's great to put in the, you know, second or in the second row. Yeah. But, is he the very best person to get that perfect, perfect lap every time? I'm not sure. I'm going to go Lewis. Um, but then in the race, I'm just going to go slightly different to you. So we're not the same. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Max, Lewis, Perez. And then I'm going to go for the, for Lando Norris. I don't pick him enough, and he's been really good this season. I'm yeah, Landon he's Norris. been immense this year. And I'm going to go for 
Gasly. Oh, okay. Because he's another one who's he's been really good. Mm. When did he get a podium? Was that? Uh, Baku. Baku, yeah, he's been. Yeah, so the last race, he's been so good, and we we've not given actually given him the uh, the credit he deserves, and he's always yeah. up there anyway or, or thereabouts. So, yeah, I'm gonna go for Lewis Pole, Max, Lewis, Perez on the podium, and then Norris and Gasly, rounding off my uh, my top five. Ooh, no Ferraris. No, because of that, what we were talking about earlier about potentially it being sort of racetrack dependent. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I'm just I'm just thinking, I don't know, but Bottas to get in his own head and not just, get top five for some reason. It's fair enough. It, it's it's highly likely that that could potentially happen. So yeah, at this rate, betting against him is is probably a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see for the weekend. I'm gonna have a great weekend, Alex. I've got it's Father's Day. Then you got, I think, three Euro games, and sort of the um, the Grand Prix, etc., like in between, and the qualifying in between the Euro games. Yeah, a couple of beers. It's not going to be that nice weather, so I'm gonna yeah sit at home, have a couple of beers, and just enjoy all the sport. Beautiful. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. What else did you um? What else did you want to talk about? I know you um, you were keen on on discussing sort of the the Pirelli tire fiasco yeah i just i thought it was um quite funny really how it looked clear and obvious that it was a pirelli tire failure yet pirelli's statement is they're basically saying to aston martin and, and red bull look all the other t- cars with those tires on with similar laps were completely fine it's clearly you guys not running the right tire pressures that we recommend or the tire blankets aren't at the right temperature so it's kind of there's no debris. They they established there's yeah. no debris, but Pirelli basically said your fault, not ours. So that was you've read the article. I didn't. So so that was their their findings. It was we didn't do anything wrong. We've we've not seen anything strange in the data. Everyone else was okay. You must have got the wrong tire pressure or the wrong temperature on the tire blankets. Basically, Hence yeah. Why, yeah. I just I it know. just conveniently it was just so convenient that it was both the same tire on both cars. And on the same weekend, on the same straight, exactly. So and yeah, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't really fly. It doesn't I, don't fly get me wrong. Me. Don't don't get me wrong. I I actually I do believe that maybe they there isn't anything on the data to tell them why that happened. Yeah, but I don't think I I don't think we're gonna blame some of the most professional teams there are in any line of work ever anywhere not mm. just formula one like these guys are are proper like everything is checked to you know to, to the you know to, to the degree to the millimeter to everything there's just so much detail these yeah these guys aren't you know the guys that are going to make mistakes no. and get the wrong tire pressures and and get the wrong temperatures in the blankets yeah so i think i think Ultimately, the blame is somewhere within the Pirelli camp. I actually don't think they they know themselves genuinely. No, that's that's why I, they've come out with the statement they have. And and if if there wasn't something wrong with it, they've also said that they're going to be doing some more rigorous testing and be talking with the teams on on what they can do to improve it. Well, why do you need to do that if there's nothing wrong with it? 
Yeah. So, and, and at the end of the day, like you said, these guys are, are professionals, like the, the best professionals in the world. And are, if, if Pirelli are saying you need to run your, your tyre warmers at this temperature and this tyre pressure, Red Bull came out and said, look, we, we take on board everything Pirelli say and we try and we follow it as they suggested. At the end of the day, it's not just a case of, oh, our car didn't finish the race, we've missed out on a load of points. If they do something wrong, there's, there's a human being driving that car. It could be a matter of life and death. Like, you're driving along at 200 miles an hour and your tyre blows out and the car flips and you land on a pole or something. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, I yeah. mean, that's extreme. But who, who would have thought Roman Grosjean's car would have split in half and burst into flames? <laughs> These things happen. So they're not going to risk the life of their driver by, by doing something that the tyre company have said, please don't do this. Yeah, I just, I just think it, it, it's something that they do need to get on top of, though, because what happened was extremely dangerous. At those speeds, on a straight, you know, it, it, can't, it can't happen again. No. Because that's the kind of thing that if it happens too many times, you know, something really bad can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they need to, to get on, on top of that as, as soon as they possibly can. You know, extra tests, more more rigorous testing, whatever it might be, um, they need to they need to get on top of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anything else you um anything else you want to talk about, or do you uh, do you want to sort of sign off? I think I think we 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 can sign off quite quite happy. Um, looking forward to the French Grand Prix, and I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. We could have loads to talk about next week, or we could be in for a really boring race. So um, here's to hoping we have a great weekend in France at Paul Ricard. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, slightly shorter podcast for you guys this weekend. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably, if you're anything like me, um, probably sort of quite Euro-focused at the moment and <laughs> listening to, to sort of football-related podcasts. Um, so yeah, a little short one for you, slightly later than usual. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be back next week to uh, discuss everything French Grand Prix. Um, and yeah, till then, come on Portugal, come on England, and follow us on all the social medias at F1 Ramble. See you next week. Bye.